They're coming together, they're working, they're getting better, um, they're playing faster, playing more confident, but that doesn't happen by accident because this stuff doesn't happen unless you put in the work. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So I love talking about sports. Obviously, this is what I do every day. But there are parts of sports conversations. There are certain topics and certain things that get talked about in, in sports conversations that I don't like. I think they're dumb. I don't think we should talk about it. I don't think we should have these conversations. A great example, the gold package, green package debate. There is nothing dumber than pulling teeth and pulling our hair out over, well, this is a gold package game. That Milwaukee crowd, look. Lambeau Field's got a lot of really old people there. The environment, it's, it's not exactly a WWE pay-per-view, okay? It, it doesn't matter if it's the green or the gold package. We can stop talking about that. We can also, in my opinion, stop talking about the, well, Mark Murphy is two years, three years away from retirement. Will he really want to spend his last two or three of this, that, or the other? I also think that's dumb. I don't, like, let's figure out who the right guard is. I don't need to know about Mark Murphy's Green Bay version of succession another thing that's dumb and i think we can stop talking about and this was all the rage on twitter for like a half hour before the game last night there were people from the packers press box tweeting out a picture of the bowl right before kickoff a lot of red a lot of red out there i see matt schneidman i'm looking at his tweet right now it was 15 minutes before kickoff he tweeted a lot of red out there 15 minutes before kickoff and i'm looking at this picture i'm like it's not that much red i think the red pops out a little bit more than the green and maybe some of the blaze orange kind of blends in with the red which makes it but it didn't look like that much red i I think we got to stop getting bent out of shape when there is that much of an opposing color at lambo now if it's like 50 50 okay but i saw this tweet last night from jennifer Curtin. i don't think she has a podcast or anything which is rare i know i just a twitter account that i saw a lot of people retweeting this she tweeted my hot take you can't keep talking about how Lambo is an iconic bucket list location and then get mad when fan whose fans whose team come here once every eight years agree and act accordingly. Basically, she's saying, well, we all we all know Lambo's awesome. It's a cool thing. Everyone should come here. Bucket list item. Well, Chiefs, you only play here once a year. It's driving distance. I, we we got we to gotta stop. We, we got to stop. A lot, of, a lot of blue in the stadium. Well, the Lions are really good this year. We're not that far away from Detroit. Green Bay is a nice place to come and visit. Can we stop getting bent out of shape about that? I saw that a lot on Twitter last night. We we got we to gotta nix that from our sports conversations. We got to get rid of the green gold package debate. We got to get rid of the Mark Murphy succession conversation. We got to stop obsessing when there's like a slight tinge of red in the crowd before Packers Chiefs. There should be Chiefs fans. Green Bay is a wonderful place to come see a game. So I wanted to get that off my chest before we uh, <laughs> before we start the show. Okay, now we can talk about things that actually matter. Yeah, this is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had a great weekend. It was pretty easy to have a great weekend. Lots of college football games on that were important. You know, unless you count Florida, unless you count the ACC championship game. Maybe that game wasn't important because it didn't end up mattering in the decision of the college football playoff committee. But there were some high-level college football games on Alabama, Georgia. I watched a lot of Washington, Oregon Friday night just because I didn't have much going on on Friday night. Wisconsin and Marquette played on Saturday. What a fantastic game of college basketball. Marquette fans probably disagree 
Although, I, I tell you what, this rivalry, and we talked to Nick Olsen about this Friday night, this rivalry gets a little bit more heated every single year. I'm here for it, right? Now, Wisconsin, I, I think we still think of Marquette as a little brother, and I think that's a, a fun card to play. Uh, but this is a game that Badgers fans care about. They should care about this game. Marquette fans should care about this game. It's a fun in-state rivalry, two very different cities, very different programs, very different schools, very different styles of basketball. Uh, and the Badgers played an awesome game. Really kick-ass game on Saturday. So I want to talk about that tonight as well. But, of course, we're going to talk about the Packers and what they did last night. 27-19 over the Chiefs. Can't say I saw it coming, uh, to quote Lil Sasquatch in that video that I guess most of you probably haven't seen now that I say it out loud. But, yeah, I can't see I saw, saw it coming. Uh, 27-19, the Packers really handling the Chiefs. So we're going to talk a lot about that tonight and what it means. The Packers now 6-6. Six and six and have a nice little inside track towards a playoff spot if they keep this up. The number to call and join the show tonight, I'll open up the phone lines in about 15 minutes. Hope to get lots of reaction. I love the show after a big Packer game, especially after a big win. 608-321-1670, that's the number. So again, if you want to call, I would love to have you. And I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. If you just want to drop me a little note, that's a really easy way to interact during the show as well. Last night was incredible, okay? I mean, it was almost too much. Now, our team won. The Packers won, and that made last night a lot better. But last night almost felt like it was bigger than our team. Okay, we complain, it feels like, every other week about how there's a crummy Monday night football game or a crummy Thursday night football game. It's like, oh, we got to watch the Giants play again. Or we got to watch the Patriots play the Cowboys in a big spot. This game's going to suck. Uh, Joe Burrow gets hurt. The Mark Andrews got the injuries. Ruined this Thursday night game. How can we play Thursday night? We're always bitching and complaining and whining about bad primetime games. And I'm not saying that that bitching and whining isn't totally valid. Sometimes the game stinks. And the, and the teams stink. And it's not a good watch. But I started last Monday's show by waxing poetic, WP, about how great Thanksgiving is. I just need... Before we even start tonight's show, I need to WP. I need to wax poetic about last night. Because think of everything that was going on last night. We had flurries leading up into kickoff. We had snow. Defending champions are in town. The Chiefs. Mahomes' first time playing at Lambeau. Andy Reid is back where his coaching career started. The Lil Wayne intro was awesome. NBC, at one point, maybe the third quarter, I can't remember when they did it, ran a package of old Andy Reid clips and pictures that were beyond cool, like Andy Reid with the mustache and the vest back in the 90s. Like, that kicks ass. That was awesome. Screamed football, right? The jersey combination. I mean, the jersey combination was almost too much last night. It looked so good on my TV. It looked so good. It was was almost too much. felt like a happy ending massage for my eyeballs. I mean, every part of this game was just, I mean, it was art. It was art. And it was art. It was a perfect matchup in a perfect setting. And I know if you're a Vikings fan or a Bears fan and you're listening to the show, first of all, I I commend you because I probably annoy you uh, when I talk about our our rivalries and our games, and I I probably go a little overboard with our Wisconsin teams, but it's called the Wisco Sports Show, so what do you want from me? I know that announcers and and Bears fans and Vikings fans, you notice this, I bet. Announcers, when Sunday night football is at Lambeau or Monday night football is at Lambeau or America's Game of the Week is at Lambeau, these announcers beat Lambeau Field to death. I know I, I get it. I do. They're like, oh, this is a football cathedral. That, that's the buzzword. They're really, <laughs> it's like, okay, come on. This is a bucketless destination. The best place to see a football game in all the NFL, one of the best venues in professional sports, like Tarico and Collinsworth and Al Michaels and Joe Buck and Jim Nance. They just gush over Lambeau Field. And I get that it can be a bit much. 
Even for me, a Packers fan, sometimes it's too much. But how much better was that game last night because it was at Lambeau and not some clean, sleek, septic, modern dome of a stadium? You know what I mean? I tweeted last night. I think it's a very good way of putting it uh, as I compliment my own tweet. I tweeted last night that Allegiant Stadium, which is where the, the Raiders play now, SoFi Stadium in L.A., AT&T Stadium, Jerry World down in Dallas. Those are stadiums, and they are brilliant stadiums, and they're modern, and they have all the accommodations, and I'm sure the game day experience is tremendous and comfortable and lots of space and lots of, lots of room and lots of opportunities to go take a pee or take a dump and lots of concessions and all the modern amenities that you'd expect in a football stadium in 2023. They are beautiful, modern, well-designed, well-thought-out, comfortable stadiums. But they're stadiums. Right? Lambo. Now that, that's not a stadium. That's a theater. I mean, how much better was this game last night because it was at Lambo? And by the way, I'd say the same thing about Arrowhead. I think Arrowhead is a theater in the same way that Lambo is a theater. I think Foxborough at its peak, out in the cold, under the lights, I think the same, right? Some of these outdoor, more historic venues and i love these new stadiums they're great i'm sure the game day experience rules and i'll actually tip my cap to vikings fans when i watch a game at u.s bank there's some character there There, there's life there is a feel at u.s bank that i think a lot of modern stadiums modern domes don't have so vikings fans i see you i have my hand up i'm giving you credit i'm giving your stadium credit the vikings in their stadium actually pull off something that's very difficult to pull off for stadiums that have been built very recently but last night's game Right, flurries, defending champs in town, Mahomes' first time at Lambeau, Andy Reid is back, Lil Wayne intro, right? The jersey, con- oh my God, the Chiefs' whites and reds and the Packers' homes, the greens and gold. I mean, it just popped off the TV screen. It was beautiful. And it all took place at, at this literal theater of professional sports, Lambeau Field. It was great. So separate from our Packers winning, separate from our Packers, you know, last night everybody won. NFL fans everywhere won for the history and the setting and the jerseys and the matchup and just everything. Oh my God. That's that's why we that's why we watch sports. For for every three or four primetime games, we gotta watch between the crummy giants and the ass commanders just because it's big TV markets and you know everyone's gonna end up in primetime at some point. We won last night. How great was that? Oh, we were all winners. Now, some fans might complain about the officiating. Let's actually get into this game a little bit. Right? Some may say that that officiating ruined the game. Now, there were some bad calls down the stretch. The late hit on Patrick Mahomes from Jonathan Owens, that was a bad call. The missed P.I. call on MVS was horrible. The call or, or decision from the officials that, that might be probably not worst of all, but just as bad, the clock running as MVS has dragged out of bounds backwards. That was a miss. The two-handed shove of Travis Kelsey, two-handed shove on a helmet. It was a big, fat nothing burger. NBC missed the ball on that, right? The the refs were mostly invisible for three and a half quarters, and then in a span of two minutes, they absolutely lost their mind, right? And, and then because the refs were so bad in those two minutes, the television broadcast had to zero in on a play that it was a nothing burger, but again, because all of our officiating antennas were up, it's like, oh, did Travis Kelsey get shoved on a Hail Mary? Of course he did. It's a Hail Mary. Everyone always gets shoved on a Hail Mary. Travis Kelsey kind of played small on that play, by the way. A little soft. With respect to Travis Kelsey, probably the greatest pass-catching tight end of all time. Played a little soft. Of course he got pushed around. It's a Hail Mary. But the refs did miss some calls down the stretch. For some, that may have soured the game. 
Now, the missed pass interference was the most impactful. Cost Kansas City like 30 yards. Okay. So that did sting. And Chiefs fans have a gripe on that call, as many fan bases and many teams have a gripe every single week. But the Chiefs lost this game 27 to 19. Okay. If the Chiefs lost last night 42 41 in a true, you know, last team with the ball wins type of game, then that call really stinks. And that call actually does go a long way in deciding the game. But last night, you know, I bet a lot of Chiefs fans would tell you this. Kansas City settled for two field goals in the first half. They punted and they turned the ball over in their two possessions leading up to the final possession where the officiating went sideways. And likewise, Green Bay had a couple second half drives where they could have ended the game and they just couldn't quite do it. They were one first down away. They were one touchdown play away. The Packers were one play away that entire second half from slamming the door. And the Chiefs were one big player, one big drive away from being right back into that game for, from tying that game and taking the lead. Right? The Chiefs weren't screwed over in a 42-41 ball game. They got pushed around by the freaking Packers. Okay, the Packers took the ball to start the game. They held it for seven minutes. They ran 13 plays. They targeted like six different players on one drive. And they threw a touchdown to Ben Sims. Ben Sims. In other words, the Packers stuffed the ball down the Chiefs' throat from the jump, right from the beginning, right from the get-go of this game. The Chiefs, the team that I watched physically bully the Philadelphia Eagles a couple weeks ago. Now, they lost anyways, mostly because MVS dropped a, <laughs> dropped a pass that hit him right in the hands, right? But I watched that Chief team bully the Eagles, the biggest, baddest, most physical football team in the NFL, or at least we thought so until yesterday. Certainly the team that might be best in the trenches, right? The Niners might be better overall, but I think we would all still agree the Eagles are as good or, or maybe better in the trenches. The Chiefs pushed that Eagles team around a couple weeks ago. The Packers pushed them around last night. The Chiefs, who hadn't given up more than 24 points to anybody this season, and the Packers, who were allergic to scoring for the first three quarters of football for a long stretch of the season, the Packers served them 27. The Chiefs, who are coached and quarterbacked by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who are the two very best at what they're doing right now. And Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur kind of showed them up at least for long stretches that game, maybe not start to finish totally. Again, that's why it came down to the final drive. But the Chiefs were not screwed out of a touchdown or or a pass interference or a possession at the very end of the game in a 42-41 ball game. The Packers came out, began this game with confidence, shoved the ball down the Chiefs' throat, and really dominated wire to wire. Now, the Chiefs had some punts, and the Packers had some possessions they'd probably like back. But the story of this game, you know, sure, the final drive was a bit ugly, but the Chiefs had plenty of opportunities so that this game wouldn't come down to the final drive. And the same was true as the Packers. So if the Packers want to bitch about Jonathan Owens, you know, getting a 15-yard penalty, hitting Patrick Mahomes in bounds, if they just score a touchdown or pick up a first down a couple minutes earlier, the game's over. None of it matters, right? The Packers did more through the first three and a half quarters than the Chiefs, which is why they won this game. So we can make this about officiating. I mean, I'm not going to make it about officiating. I, I don't think you will want to. I hope that you don't want to because that will make tonight's show a very lame one. You know, I watch TV and I listen to a lot of sports radio. A lot of talk about the officiating. This wasn't a 42-41 ball game. Whoever gets the ball last wins. Oh, no, no, no. Both teams had lots of chances. And the Green Bay Packers, who once looked lifeless, they were once 2-5. and They went 42 days without a win. That team took better advantage of their opportunities, did more with the ball 
when they had it. Their defense was able to make a couple more plays than the Chiefs defense did. And really, you know, the underlying bolded that the header of this of this story, if we were to write a recap, the, the part that would go in bold letters is the Packers bullied the Chiefs. They pushed them around. And two or three years ago, that wouldn't really be that impressive because the Chiefs have been a little smaller, high-flying, fast-scoring offense. This Chiefs team is a bully. That's the way that they're built. And the Packers shoved it down their throats last night. God, that was fun to watch. Jordan Love continues to take strides. The, the young pieces on this offense continue to grow, continue to get better. The offensive line, they're rotating out tackles. They're rotating out guards. It doesn't make a difference. The Jets O-line gets Aaron Rodgers killed four plays into the year, and the Packers are like, oh, we have the defending champs in town? Let's get a look at our backup left tackle. Let's get a look at our at our backup right guard. There's a lot of good things going on with this team right now, so I want to take your calls. We'll continue to talk about it. Packers win 27-19. What a fun game. I can't wait to discuss it with you. 608-321-1670. Your call's next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great weekend. I wish, I almost wish this Packers game, this Packers win wasn't so kick-ass because... And then we could talk more Wisconsin Marquette, but I feel like that's got to fly under the radar at least for a while. Also, Wade Miley's back. I would love to do an hour on that, but I guess the Packers knocked off the world champs. And we're going to talk about it, I guess. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm thrilled to talk about this game. Last night was awesome. Uh, we knew going into this game, and I talked about it over and over again on, on Friday, and I had multiple conversations with friends, and I was texting with some buddies before the game last night. I'm like, this game is going to look Amazing! It's going to have all the history. It's going to have Andy Reid coming back and Patrick Mahomes' first trip to Lambeau, Taylor Swift, Tony Shalhoub is there, right? Monk, Simone Biles is there. I mean, it could not have been a better night for football under the lights, Sunday night football at Lambeau. And I just, I told a couple friends and I said this last Friday, I'm like, well, I hope the game lives up to the atmosphere. I, I hope the I hope the actual football is, and it did. The Packers held up their end of the bill. The Chiefs, I don't know, looked a little sluggish, looked a little... Off kilter, maybe Joe Barry, Mr. December himself, had something to do with that. Okay, I don't want to give it out of myself. I want to get your calls, your reactions. We're probably going to keep calls, I don't know, two minutes. We'll be efficient, be punctual today, because I want as many people to get in as possible, and, and I want to talk to as many Packers fans, get as much reaction today as possible. Let's start with Joe in lacrosse. Been a while since we've talked to Joe. 608 321 What's up, Joe? Not a lot. How are we doing today, Grant? It's hard to be upset on a day like today. My Badgers took down uh, the Golden Eagles, and the Packers surprisingly beat the Chiefs. So I, I'm living on uh, on house money right now with my sports teams. Nope, all's good. It was a big win, and I think a month ago, I was looking towards the draft, feeling like that was the direction we were headed, and like a lot of people thinking, what's, what's next? we got a young team. Let's find a QB in the top five, and tank some games but uh i think we're doing all right and you keep watching these guys walk away from the team last year the last couple of years that uh, goody's let go and not resign and they're not doing a gosh darn thing anywhere else so let them go and good riddance goody goody kind of had to swallow a tough pill when he got rid of a lot of older more expensive guys and kind of restarted the team goody probably knew it was going to be a struggle for a bit but it takes someone with a a little bit of cojones, some huevos, and someone with some job security to say, okay, we're going to eat it. We're going to bite the bullet for a few weeks. 
But I think, I, I trust my coaches, I trust my talent evaluation that, that it's going to pay off later in the year, and it looks like that's happening, Joe. Nope, I'm with you. I mean, Jimmy Graham did score a touchdown yesterday. I mean, he's a Packers maybe ring of how, honor, I think. How, but, how but is that the first done, name? But... Of all the Packers who have left the team over the last couple <laughs> years, how is that the first name you thought of? Nope, it's, I, I saw him and I was like, shoot, I thought he worked for Fox on the sidelines or something, but nope, it's uh, it's been interesting. And I know we still got the, the radio loop playing here in lacrosse about Goody and the walk of shame from Viterbo and all this. And uh, I think you got to give the guy a little credit. Like you said, he, he makes a pick. If he doesn't want him, he moves him. If he doesn't want to sign him, he moves on. And, and like you said, I mean, that, that takes some balls to just do it and um, you know, you got the youngest team in the league. Got to win some games, and the boys are growing up. And maybe we make things interesting here in December. And I think, uh, and Joe, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you. Let's talk again soon, okay? Don't wait so long next time to call back. All right, we can we can say goodbye. I'm not not running you off the air. That's Joe and Lacrosse. I, I think that these wins mean a little bit extra now because these young guys, they went through all this struggle and all this frustration and and really had to grind earlier this year. And they lost some embarrassing games, but they did it together. So now they're accomplishing together. They're growing together. And I think wins for this team with this collection of young players who had to go through it together. Now they get to celebrate together. And I think the celebration, I think these wins, they're even more meaningful to this group because of what they went through and because of how this team was built. And I think that's why Packers fans were probably enjoying these wins as much as we've enjoyed any over the last couple of years. 608-321-1670. Let's talk to Thomas, also on lacrosse, listening on WK2I. Thomas, what's going on? Grant Bills, what the Thomas. heck did I tell you last week? You said I that you wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs took a, took an L at Lambeau. I remember it very clearly, Thomas. You remember it very clearly. Well, look what we spoke into existence. Hey, mm-hmm. really quick here, Grant. I know we got a two-minute timer going already. Uh, Dale Hebert posted this article, three overreactions. I'm going to steal two of them. Okay. One of them, he says, Jordan Love might be elite. I'm going to quote this directly. What a trajectory to the course of 12 games. We've gone from maybe Jordan Love is good enough to Jordan Love is not good enough, and we're back to he's maybe good enough to maybe Love is good enough to be a franchise QB. Uh, your take on that. Do we think now, after yesterday's Sunday night football game, is he a uh, franchise quarterback here quick? Well, I think he can be a franchise. Yeah, I think he's a franchise quarterback right now. Um I'm trying to, I've been trying to, you know, Thomas, I've tried to be even keeled all year. Like even when they're struggling, I'm like, Hey, they're young. Let's take it easy. And now they've won three in a row. And I'm, I think I'm going to be that. Well, let's take it easy guy. I've just been trying to sit the fence, stay right down the middle and, and see how this team grows together this year. I I don't know. I'm I'm not saying he's going to be the guy for 15 years here, but there's some real talent there. They're going to have to continue to grow and, and build an offense together that works for him, but certainly feel a lot better now than we did two months ago. You know, Thomas, Absolutely, yeah. And one more thing here, quick uh, quick shout-out to my guy, Michael Stack. Been selected uh, one of ten finalists for the 2023 Fred Mitchell Award presented to the top place here for excellence in the football field and community service throughout the year. So, Michael Stack, I'm sure I'll send uh, this sound bit and just this, uh, the podcast in general, once you get it on Spotify here to him. So, shout-out to Michael Stack. Shout-out to the UWL Eagles. Again, tough loss. Uh, really on tough Saturday, loss. Grant and um, I know you got another caller waiting, so I'll I'll call it good right there. Great to talk to you as always, Grant. Have a great rest of your week. All right. Yeah, you too, Thomas. I appreciate the call. UWL that sucks. The way that they lost on I mean, they lost to the defending champs. That team is is really really good, but you know, especially the way that some of these D three conferences are are put together. 
and the way that the playoff is assembled, I mean, we could look back at the end of the playoff and think, okay, well, the two best teams, you know, played weeks ago. They didn't even meet, in, which happens in every sport. Don't get me wrong, but it happens probably most of all in college football because it's such a, an unbalanced and in a lot of ways unfair sport. And maybe we can talk about that if we get to the, the committee and what they decided for <laughs> what they decided for the 14 playoff. I feel like they've probably got the four best teams, but it's feels a little seedy, feels a little crummy the way we got there. I, I'd be fine not talking about that tonight and just talk about the Packers. But if one of you really feels moved by the spirit, uh, I'll have that conversation with you. Clemhead Mike listening up in Eau Claire on WAYY 608-321-1670. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Grant, this is uh, I'm a Chippewa. Um, oh, what did I what did I say? Eau Claire? Eau Claire, yeah. Oh, well, okay. you're listening to our Eau Claire affiliate. You're in Chippewa Falls. Sorry about that, Mike. Right. Yep. Um, I got, I just clicked my stopwatch on, so. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, first of all, Taylor Swift only got, they only showed her once on NBC, so kudos to them. Uh, she's sitting in the, in the suite looking bored as hell, and Simone Biles, multi-gold uh, medal winner, is standing out in the field in a parka. Shivering and smiling and waving the camera, looking cute as hell. And uh, I don't understand why. Maybe she wanted to be out there to experience everything. But, uh, yeah, I didn't think that was well, very Taylor fair. Swift, Taylor Swift would probably be bored in a suite. You might as well watch it on TV. You're way up there. You got a piece of glass yeah. in front of you. That's no fun. Oh, that would be no fun at all. I, I wouldn't want to be up there unless it was like one of those 20 below games. But, um, That's different, yeah. yeah, and the trifecta of perfection this weekend, the Bucks, Badgers, and Packers winning. So you must have been very excited. I was excited. And, uh Oh, that's one minute. Okay. <laughs> we don't need, but, like, I'm not going to run you off the air. I just, I, I, I sometimes, it's much of a, a me problem as it is college. Because I'll go on with you guys I, for five or six minutes and not realize what time it is. I, I'm trying to be polite. I don't want to be like uh, Pete and like uh, Eric on I-90. He, Eric on <laughs> I-90 was on for eight minutes last, you know, he was on for eight minutes. Well, Eric's out there busting his ass and hauling the goods and, you know, you can't just give him a break, you know. Yeah, he's bringing um, home the bacon. Let's go. Let's give the Eric on yeah, I-90s of the world a little bit of a break. I'm with you. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, some some major league uh, YouTuber, I can't remember who it was now. He, he's got a sports show, a national sports show somewhere. He's, he talked about or. Uh, he talked about the uh, I-94 rivalry of Marquette in in uh, Wisconsin, in Madison. I said, no, 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 no. Me and Grant, we know what the I-94 rivalry really is because my son and my daughter-in-law both went to UW-Eau Claire. So we know the mm-hmm. true I-94 uh, rivalry. So shut up. It's the war on 94. <laughs> and by the way, I brought that up to Nick on Friday, and he completely no-sold me, which I get because he doesn't care. Like, only I <laughs> only I concern myself with things uh, this stupid, but I am with well, you, I, yes. I, I'm with you. I, I, that's been that way for me for, like, what, over 50 years. So, <gasps> Okay, well, let's get the show rolling. I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Did you get a chance to listen to any of those music files? I did. I, I'm kind of becoming a Pink Floyd guy, Mike. Yeah. Kind of, Did you listen kind of to the uh, the originals or remakes? I love. Why do you have so many versions of the same? You you were you were a ta- you like you're like the Grateful Dead tapers back in the day. It's like, well, I have a million versions of the same song. It's pretty cool. I'm digging through. Yeah. It. Yeah. So just one more, one quick thing. Uh, yeah. I know you like long jams. Listen to uh, Neil Young, "Drifting Back." It's 30 minutes long. I think you might get a kick out of it. I'm gonna write it down. Neil Young, "Drifting Back." I appreciate yeah. that, Mike. Sorry I said you're from Eau Claire. Slip of the tongue. No, that's okay. It happened last week, too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> appreciate it, Mike. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank you. You, too. I wonder if Chippewa Falls people... I'm not from Eau Claire. It would, be, it would be like... I'm trying to think of a suburb that gets lumped in with a city and the people who live in the suburb that would get bent out of shape about it. 
I don't know. Maybe Chippewa Falls is the only one. It's not like Eau Claire's a massive city to get lumped into. Sorry about that, Mike. You are a, you're a Chippewa Falls man. You're a cardinal. You know that I know that. One more call, and then we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Hector. Hector in Alaska. And now, if I said that you were from Holman, would you take that personally? Take that as an upgrade, because uh, <laughs> you in that area, that's how you progress. Because that's you true. go to college, you start in Lacrosse, and then you move over to Alaska, and then you get your shit together. You move over to Holman and retire either in Holman or West Salem. Yeah, that's God dang. That's not the most accurate thing I've ever heard. Okay, well, you are from <laughs> Alaska, uh, whatever that means. What did you think about uh, the Packers last night? I'm sure you were dialed in. You were home with the kids, maybe making dinner. Yeah, no, my uh, my old lady had to work last night. Normally she works in the mornings on Sunday, but she worked last night. So uh, the kids went to bed early since it was a school night. Uh, so they were in bed at 7.15, which just so happened to work out pretty well with the game. And uh, I actually am calling in as a, as a solely a Packer fan tonight. It, it was crazy to watch the game last night. Um, incredible to see what it looks like when they're clicking. And a huge, huge shout-out to that wide receiver room. I don't know how they did it, having Wicks and Malik Heath as your number four and five receivers for the future, but holy smokes, if they can figure it out, that's a that's a nice, young, good-looking offense. Yeah. Well, and you would know something as a Ravens fan about drafting some wide receivers, bringing it in, kind of starting from scratch and, and learning and growing together. That's kind of what the Ravens have been doing this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I, – uh, I, of course, the Bateman signing is always going to be annoying. Yeah. But uh, – Zay Flowers, you know. Zay Flowers, yeah. And, you know, well, it's always nice to uh, be able to – root for uh, another team when my team isn't uh, playing. Um, so, so, yeah, it was a good night. Do you think your Ravens now have the inside track at the AFC? You you look at what the Chiefs did last night. Or do you? I don't know, because we always do this with the Chiefs. We're like, oh, they're in trouble, and then they're hosting the AFC Championship game. But do you look at this differently? What do you see when you see the Chiefs? Um, I think that there's it's, it's silly to underestimate them or count them out just because they're not, you know, I mean, they still have Mahomes and Kelsey, and the defense is decent. But I think that the Ravens uh, kind of have not as much competition as I thought we would have at the beginning of the season. It seems like our biggest competition was going to be, you know, like the Chiefs or the Bills or something like that, and and really not so much anymore. Interesting. I'm interested to see yeah. what happens to the Chiefs. And I'm interested to see, obviously, now the Packers' schedule is going to get easier. I still can't. Oh, and there goes Hector. Well, have a nice night, Hector. Appreciate it. Nice to hear from you. Uh, one day you'll get that house in Holman. <laughs> He's not wrong. That is, exa- that is exactly how it works. Go from lacrosse on Alaska, and then you end up in Holman or West I wish I hadn't heard that. I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the night. Let's take a five-minute break. More of your calls, more reaction. Packers beat the Chiefs 27-19. to Biggest win of the year. Jordan Love's best game ever, probably for the third week in a row. We like that. Matt LaFleur's maybe best game, certainly, of the season for the second game in a row. We like that. I'd like to be continuing to say that a lot this year for both LaFleur and for Rodgers. Let's stay at Rodgers. Oh, for Love. Let's take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Hope your week's off to a good start. Celebrating a big Packer win, 27-19 over the Chiefs. A lot of caller reaction tonight. I'm excited to get back to that. Packers beat Marquette, too, which lost in it all because it's a rivalry and because we get so fired up for this game and we like fighting with each other, these two fan bases. Lost in it all is the Badgers took down the third-ranked team in the country. <laughs> um, like, we kind of kind of glossed over that a little bit, which is funny because if that's a John Beeline coach team or, you know, if that's, you know, fill in the blanket, that's Purdue we're losing our mind, and because it's Marquette, like, I don't even really care that the third-ranked team. It's like, screw Shaka Smart, P.J. Fleck of college basketball. It's a take that I'm soft-launching. I'm not sure that I fully believe that. Uh, I also don't fully believe that Tyler Kolek would be Brevin Pritzel if he played in the Big Ten. I did tweet it, and while I don't believe it 1%, I've never had as much fun sending as a tweet as I had sending that one. So 608-321-1670, but we, however, are talking about the Packers. Cone Roller is here, 608 608- Three, two, one, sixteen, seventy. What's up, Cohen? Grant had to be one of the best sports weekends we've had in maybe all of twenty twenty three. Yes, yes, maybe maybe one of the best sports weekends in my life. Like we didn't win any championships, but I mean, for regular season games, that's as good as it gets. Yeah, and I'm I'm fully on board with the committee's decision to leave out Florida State. Really, I thought that was a good decision. I um, I feel like. Everyone's like, how could they do that to those kids? But deep down, we all kind of know that they're right. And they picked the right teams. It's, it's just, uh, no one wants to say it, you know, but that's never, been, you'll always say it. You've never had a problem with saying it. No. And people want to fight me at me. I don't care. Debate a wall. Yeah. I mean, I did not expect the Packers to win last night. I kind of thought that the Badgers had a, a coin flipper better chance. Like Cole Center Saturday afternoon. I know Marquette's third ranked team, but that win did not surprise me. Last night, I, I with every drive, I just kept leaning back under my Kleiner like the Vince McMahon meme, more and more surprised. Yeah, and I got to give Matt LaFleur a lot of credit. He was in his bag last night yes. with that offense. That yes. was the best I think his offense has ever looked motion and this guy and that that guy and i told this to bill earlier today i've always said this on the show one of the one of the good eye tests of whether or not an offense is healthy and really thriving is you know how many guys are getting targeted last night romeo dobbs watson wicks craft reed heath dylan sims patrick taylor just everyone's getting involved i mean ben sims caught the first touchdown of the game that's when offense is clicking yeah and, you know, Jordan Love, I think we're getting to the point. We said we wouldn't evaluate quarterbacks until Thanksgiving. Well, it's Thanksgiving, and he's looking pretty good. He yeah. could be the franchise guy. Yeah. The O-line is getting better, the wide receiver. See, earlier on in the year when the Packers looked bad, it was not all Jordan Love's fault. And now that the Packers are looking pretty darn good and they're winning games, it's not all because Jordan Love is playing amazing, although he looks really good. All of these young players are figuring it out, and Matt LaFleur is figuring out how to use all these. So it's it's always been bigger than just Jordan Love this year, and I think we got to remember that. Yeah, and I think we should also, you know, maybe someday take a look at Jordan Love's fourth quarter numbers. Those could be improved a little bit. Yeah, I, I wish they could have salted that game away last night, but it's, you know, it's against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are freaking good. So I, I totally know what you mean. I would have liked them to end the game on their terms last night, but I guess one step at a time. I guess are the Chiefs good? Question mark. I I don't know. 
I don't know. This Again, this season is all about when you're playing a team. Not who you're playing, but like the difference between the Eagles one week versus the last couple. I mean, they look like a different team yesterday. The Chiefs have looked like different teams at different points. The Lions look very vulnerable right now. It just it depends on who you play and when you play them. That, that's a very important part of the puzzle this year. Yeah, and I hope that next Monday we don't run into a red-hot Giants team. I heard Terod Taylor might be back healthy. That scares me. Terod. <laughs> Terod Taylor is definitely better than what they have. If they lose and if they fall flat against one of these bad teams, I want it to be against the Panthers so they can screw over the Bears. Ooh, that'd be good. That would be good. I would prefer but that. They got a favorable schedule and playoffs are I think more likely than not at this point in the season, which is just crazy. Yeah, and it speaks to how I think weak the NFC is. That's for sure. I see a lot of takes where it's like, the Packers are the team no one wants to play. And I'm like, well, I don't know about all that. Uh, I think on a neutral against Dallas, Philly, San Francisco, they're still uh, in a massively different neighborhood. But that's fine for a year that's year one with Jordan Love. I just, I don't want to take this success and blow it way out of proportion today, you know? Yeah, so I got one final question. Mm -hmm. Would you take San Fran or the field right now to represent the NFC in the play in the Super Bowl? Mm, who would you take? Is that a I? I don't know. I think I. I think always the field. I think the field is always the right choice, don't you? Yeah, I was gonna say I, always the field, but okay. what San Fran did to the Eagles last, yesterday was something I. I don't know if I've ever seen just that big of an ass kicking. Yeah, that so, was. Uh... They put, that, they put I mean, that just proves how good they are. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think right now we're slated to match up against them in the playoffs, and I think that's just going to be another another L in the column against the 49ers in <sighs> recent history. Well, that's okay. At least this year it's kind of supposed to go down that way. So, it'll be a little bit of an improvement. We'll talk Wisconsin Marquette either tomorrow or, or later this week. We need to dive deeper into that, okay, Cohen? Oh, absolutely. Great win. Um, yeah. Agree with you. Shaka Smart's a clown. He didn't have those guys ready to play. <laughs> did David not. Joplin has the yips, travels every possession. And Matt Kolick, extremely overrated outside of Big East play. Yeah. Go back right. Have a great one. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, Tyler Kolick, he gets out of that big, comfy, uh, you know, soft conference of the Big East. He doesn't look like the same man. Just saying. That's all. Let's talk to Mike West Texan and Lacrosse, who says he has a very quick message. Mike, I'm intrigued. What's going on? Yeah, I, I, I got to ask a question first. Now, now, is Cone located or now living down in Texas? He is in Phoenix, I believe, is where he resides. Ah, okay. Well, down that direction anyway. So, I was gonna, see, I was going to say, I had this, I had this lead-in that we're going from Texas to your favorite Texan and lacrosse, Mike mm -hmm. Byers, mm -hmm. a.k.a. the West Texan. Mm -hmm. Now you know where I'm at and where I'm from. <laughs> All right, here's my short take. This is about the college football playoffs. I got one thing to say. Go Horns. Hook them, baby. Go horns. I'm glad Texas got in. Good luck to your horns. If that's all you have to say, I'm happy that you guys got in. I thought that maybe Georgia and Bama were going to sneak in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting. Two great matchups, though. And what a night for Packers and that Mark and the uh, Badgers, too. Great weekend. Oh, all right, man. You have a good one. Thanks Appreciate you. Time. You as well. That's Mike. I forget. You know, we got a Longhorns fan. Let's talk to Ryan Piano Man. How? Who calls us from on Alaska? 608-321-1670. What's going on, Ryan? Been a while. Hey, man. Wow. Like everybody's saying, it's just been a it's been a great weekend for Wisconsin sports. I just want to do a little public service and put to bed 
all of these Jordan Love naysayers and doubters, I'm going to declare this right now mm-hmm. on air. I don't care what anybody says. In two years' time, Jordan Love is going to be the new face of the NFL. Oh, oh, okay. Well, um, let's think yeah. here. Okay. Fight me. So he fight would me. fight me. I do, I do not care. So, so he'd have to <laughs> supplant Mahomes. I, I mean, who else, though? Like, Josh Allen's middling. Joe Burrow's hurt right now, so he's kind of out of there. Hurts, I mean, Hurts is kind of his own thing. I mean, is, I, I can't Hertz get on board with what you're saying, but it's it's closer, it's closer to being possible than than maybe you would think at first. It's not, yeah. I, I I really, you know, I'm I'm I am riding high a little bit, you know. After what an impressive win that was, I I couldn't help but get a little uh, perplexed uh, here in. Bill talked today about how it's not the most impressive win in the Matt LaFleur era. It, without a doubt, is. My goodness. So when that happened, uh, but just between us boys here, I was I was talking with Zach Heilpern, who was in studio. He was helping me with a thing, and I was listening with one ear to Bill, and then he asked me if it was the most impressive. What was Bill saying was the most impressive win? Because I missed him that, saying that today. What what he what I remember hearing him say was whatever set the Packers up in the LaFleur era to get to the NFC Championship games. And I can see why oh, okay. he'd say that, but but they they had Aaron Rodgers at the peak of his powers. They had a healthy offensive line that, uh, well, it still didn't have David Bakhtiari, but they had Jair Alexander, and they had Aaron Jones, and they had prime Devontae, and, and they had a ton more veteran experience on that team than they do right now. So we'd be talking about the Seahawks or the Rams, I guess, in 19 and in 20. Those games were good. I, To me, the Rodgers era, so last year, there's a, there's a line of demarcation at the beginning of this year. Like, I am going to judge Matt LaFleur's work from here moving forward differently, right? Like, I like this is a different era of his coaching career, and I think we're going to judge him in different ways, right? Without a doubt, this is this is when he gets to run his offense without Aaron Rodgers opting out of fifty percent of what Lafleur tells him to do. Yeah, <laughs> Rodgers I... was so against all the motion. He was so against all this misdirection. He wanted to do his isolation. Oh, and I'm so in. Well, well, lately it's just more and more evident that Brian Gutekunst absolutely and the Packers absolutely won the Aaron Rodgers trade because not a single Packer, aside from Aaron Rodgers, I believe had he even stayed healthy, they wouldn't be doing much better because their offensive line is so bad. So we're probably. I'm probably going to talk more about this. I got to take a break. Sorry to let you go, Ryan. I love you've given us lots to chew on here, and I'm excited to do that. But I got to let you go and take a three minute break. It was nice to hear from you, friend. Yeah, I gotta call. More, I gotta call more often, and it's nothing against Bill or anybody. I just, I, I really, uh, I'm really pleasantly surprised after last night. And keep Ryan rocking the show, man. You're, you're great as always. We'll talk more soon. Yeah, appreciate you, Ryan. Thanks for the call. Calls us in on Alaska. Yeah, I, uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill did ask me about that today, and I, I kind of had to give a generic answer because Zach, Zach Heilfern was here in studio, and I was asking something about the Badgers, and then I heard Bill ask me. I'm like, oh shoot. Uh, so I didn't hear, but again, I'm separating the before era and the after era. Like I am judging Matt LaFleur. He's almost, he's been baptized. 
he's seen the light. He's a brand new man, like Brooks and Dunn once said. I'm, this is a different era of coaching. We're judging him on different things. So I almost separate him. And I think each of the last three wins have been the most impressive. And I want to keep saying that moving forward. I will say, that's Jordan Love's best game ever. And then one week later, that's his bet. Because that means they're getting better and they're growing. And they're putting the pieces together, figuring it out. Okay, Tony in Texas is on hold. A couple others. I'll get back to you, but we got to get a break in. Otherwise, I'm going to run out of time. And it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, and that'll be a mess. So I don't want that. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Keep your head in the game. Follow us on Facebook at The Zone Madison. The Zone. Wisco Sports Show. Hour two, just a couple minutes away. Some more Packers details I want to share with you. Maybe, just maybe, Wisconsin Marquette reaction. We'll see. Pretty big win for the Badgers. So Badger State, as if that was ever really a debate. It wasn't. But the Badgers beat the number three team in the country, and Wade Miley's back. We'll talk about that as well. We got about a minute and a half, so sorry, whoever is uh, about to be put on. We got to be efficient. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Mike in Eau Claire. Mike in Eau Claire. What's going on, Mike? We got about a minute and 20 seconds here. Sorry to rush you. No problem. I was lucky enough to go to the game last night, man. It was a playoff atmosphere. Do you do you go to a lot of games? I've been to Lambeau about 20 times in okay. 20 years. Okay. Did this one, I, that last night's game felt different, Mike. I would imagine it felt different there, too. Oh, it was electric, man. It was, as, as I'm walking to my car, about... 20, 30 minutes after the game, half the stadium still full, yelling, go, Pat, go. Uh, it was just amazing, man. I, I I liked what I saw out of everything. Jordan Love is 80% there. Yeah. There's a few bad plays. Few bad plays. We're all the general manager and the head coach. We all want to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a few bad plays. Play calls I didn't like, a few things Love did I didn't like, but 80, 80 85% was great. I, it takes a lot to beat the Super Bowl champs. Damn straight. I'm happy with it. I'll let you go, man. Hey, I appreciate I it, Mike. That's I'm, awesome, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Mike. I'm glad that you went to the game last night. You probably got home at, you probably didn't even go to bed last night. You just probably went right to work, huh? Coming back from Green Bay. Everyone gives the gold package hell. I'm only going to drive back to Milwaukee. Mike doesn't have a problem. Night game. I bet he punched in on time this morning because that's the kind of guy Mike is. <laughs> Hour two, Wisco Sports Show next. They're coming together. They're working. They're getting better. Um, they're playing faster, playing more confident. But that doesn't happen by accident because this stuff doesn't happen unless you put in the work. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I don't know if it was Clemhead Mike in Chippewa. It might have been. One of our callers so far mentioned that NBC only showed Taylor Swift once. And I think that's accurate. Because I, I I was not at the game. I was not in the press box. I was just watching on TV at home. Uh, I think they only showed Taylor Swift once. 
which, I mean, the game was great. There was plenty of, of actual on-field things to focus on, and I think some of the games that Taylor's been at, like the Bears game, it was over so quick. It's like, well, man, we need we need something interesting here. We need to get something to, to keep people entertained, so they kept showing Taylor Swift. I actually thought NBC, they could have got a little bit more run out of Taylor Swift. Like, they would have shown her a time or two. Would have been fine. Maybe if the Chiefs did better, maybe if Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown, they would have showed her, but... They kind of pointed her out at the beginning and then moved right along, which I would probably have mixed feelings on this. I'm no diehard Taylor Swift fan here. I could have thrown her on the screen once or once or twice. It's a big deal. I actually thought NBC kind of undersold it. And also, Chris Collins worth taking heat because he talks about how Patrick Mahomes is good. He is good. You people are you people. I'm not talking directly to you, but people in general. They're such losers. Like, oh, there's Chris Collinsworth, you know, uh, waxing poetic about about. Patrick Mahomes again. What do you want him to say? What do you actually want him to say? It was the same with Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, Chris Collinsworth never shuts up about how good Aaron Rodgers is. Well, can you blame him? He's really good. Patrick Mahomes is really good. That's analysis. Seeing what's going on on the field and talking about it. It'd be like you listening to the show today. Oh, my God. Grant won't shut up about the Packers beating the Chiefs last night. That's why I'm here. That's why I am actually here. That's why Chris Collinsworth is there with a microphone is to talk about the game so bizarre but uh chris collinsworth i thought it was kind of funny at the beginning he's like i've been reading my twitter you tweet i don't want to talk too much about patrick Mahomes. He's like well he's the best player in the world so you can talk a little bit about him taylor Swift, biggest star in the world you can show on the screen once or twice this is the wisco sports show my name is grant bills packers beat the chiefs 27 19 we are talking about it it's basically a, a de facto post game show a day later lots of calls lots of reaction you can give me a call you can find me on twitter at Wisco Grant, maybe towards the end of the show, if everyone gets their take in, we could talk a little Badgers Marquette, or we could talk about the Brewers being back Wade Miley, which is an awesome deal. And I refuse to let that be swept under the rug, even though it's a it's a great rug. It's a rug the Packers knocking off the defending champs and Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur having their best collective game of the year. It's a lot to talk about there, but Wade Miley, a couple minutes at the end of the show, maybe have to do that. Tony's in Texas, 608-321-1670. Tony, hello. Hello, Grant. Yes, on Twitter, I said this, speaking of Twitter, and you can follow me, Grant, if you don't, Tony underscore Mach 1. Tony underscore. I think I, I think I follow you, I think. I think you too. But all your listeners that want to get all the good stuff. Where oh I said after the game, this was Matt LaFleur and Jordan, Jordan Love's signature win after their signature win. Yeah, yes, they yes. They really had back-to-back signature wins. That's what I'm talking about, Grant. That's a really good. That's, t- that's a really good way of framing it. And and Tony, if we're able to say that again in two or three weeks, it's like no, that was their best game. That was the. Best. I want to be debating every week whether or not it's their best game because that means they're getting better and they're doing lots of great things. Absolutely. I don't know what Bill Michaels was thinking with that comment, but these last what two the- games, Matt Lafleur is showing what he's got. He's letting Jordan Love play his game. The wide receivers of coming of age, I've been very hard on Christian Watson. I'm starting to eat crow on him. The, the guy looks like a damn good player right now. He looks like a legit number one receiver. These other guys, Dobbs, Reed, Wicks, the tight ends, all coming together, young core, youngest team in the league. They're ascending up. There is a lot to be excited about in Packerland. I could not get to sleep last night, Grant. I was breaking down A-gaps and B-gaps. Where's Devondre Campbell? Where's Kenny Clark? I am so excited about this team. Lambo Magic is back. And, yeah, Chris Collinsworth is going to talk about Patrick Mahomes. He's damn good. Andy Reid's damn good. These are Hall of Fame 
coaches and 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 quarterbacks are going against Grant. There's no Hall of Fame quarterbacks out there right now, but Patrick Mahomes is a is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and Jordan Love, our guy, beat him. This reminds me of mid 2000s when I was living. I'm, you know, I live in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Tony Romo kind of came out of the scene. I know Tony Romo wasn't drafted, but Romo started putting together these games, and people are like, "Is this guy good? He looks good." And I'm watching Jordan Love right now. I'm like. This is three games in a row. He's looked badass. Yeah. He's dropping balls like that bucket drill Jeez. right in the Romeo Dobbs bread basket. I'm like, how holy cow. He's got a guy in his face. Anyone that goes to these games knows these these guys are huge men. About about to sack him, drops a 40-yard dime right into his bread basket. Unbelievable. Comes back the next play, throws an absolute dime to Christian Watson where only Watson can catch it. I got I got goosebumps, Grant. I almost shed a tear right then. I did get goosebumps, and Tony, for the second time in two weeks or in two games, because I guess it's been ten days since they've you know played the Lions on Thanksgiving. But I was at the end of the game. I was I was sitting on the edge of my seat. Whereas a lot of you know the first two months of the season, I'm like, hey, if we win, that's great. If we lose, eh, it's part of you know it's part of the the way the season is going. But I, I never really got that amped up. But these last two weeks, we get a lead over the Lions, and then we get a lead over the Chiefs. I want it. I can, I can smell it. I got so nervous. I was like, please lock down this game. I need this win. Like, I need any, like, I need air to breathe. Uh, and I'm so glad that they were actually able to pull it off. And Jordan loves some of these throws. Oh, my God, Tony. Goosebumps. Oh God. I'm getting goosebumps it's, it's, now just thinking about it. It's almost too much. It's a euphoria. It's like when I, like when Favre came out of the scene or Rodgers first year in 2008, and they were still losing it. It's it's that's the feeling. It's something new. It's like that new girlfriend. I don't know what this is, but I am excited. Joe Barry's got the defense playing bender, don't break defense like I've never seen before. The holding the Chiefs under twenty points. You know he's got actually. If you look at the stats, Joe Barry's got a top ten defense with points mm-hmm. per game. Unbelievable. So what's the difference right now? Why are the Packers winning? Yeah, they're playing better, but they're scoring in the red zone. They're yeah. now converting these into touchdowns. And you're talking about they didn't salt the game away. I will say they kind of did. They got three first downs. They didn't get the four first downs to make it, uh, you know, all, you know, that's it, curtains. But they got three first downs that last drive, got the field goal. And I thought Bart Winkler made a great point. I actually, I really agree with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Love could have thrown an incompletion on that last pass. He took the sack. And I'm sure everyone was like, why did he take the sack? Well, now you don't have an incomplete ball. And, and you got 40 less seconds for Patrick Mahomes to work with. And, and so, you know who else deserves a, a little bit of kudos here is all of a sudden Anders Carlson hit all his kicks last night. What was he three for three oh. on extra points and then hit two field goals, including that one to make it an eight point game after Jordan Love backed him up like 11 or 12 yards or however many yards yeah. it was. He's, he's a rookie. He's been a little bit inconsistent, but you can't, you can't get rid of these guys. Look at some of these guys. Like, you know, I was hard on Watson. I was hard on, on uh, you know some of these other players that are young, but they're coming together. Mm-hmm. You know the offensive line. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. What what's with the the uh, that that magic they got going on? They got guys in and out. I don't know who's on the offensive line. It's like some crazy shuffled thing I, I've never seen before. Have you ever seen an offensive no. line? No. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't understand it, but it seems to be working. And, and uh, you know, if you look at next year, I'm, I'm, I'm living in the present, but if you look at next year, Grant, you got David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander, high-paid guys. I think they're all gone next year. You got a bunch of cap space. You got extra draft capital. I tell you what, things are looking good in title town, my man. 
And, and before I leave you, what did you think about that little Wayne intro? I kind of liked it. It was sick. I thought every part of the every part of the production, every except for when they microanalyzed the Hail Mary at the end. I thought it was phenomenal. Start to every part of the production, every part of the game, the scenery, the setting. It was ten out of ten. All of it. Absolutely, Grant. I got goose, goosebumps last night. I am excited. I can't sleep now after these games. Can't wait for the All-22 to come out. Breaking it down. Jordan Love might be a pro bowler. This he is might, unbelievable. He might be, which, you know, means, you know, it's something different in, in 2023. But I, I agree. I appreciate it, Tony. I'm going to get to some other callers. All right. We will talk Marquette and Badgers tomorrow. I'm okay. not talking about that. Today. Okay. And that's, that's fair. Let's leave that for tomorrow. Have a good one, Tony. Tony is in Texas. Appreciate him calling in uh, long distance. Yeah, Anders Carlson deserves credit. Joe Barry deserves credit. I don't know how Joe Barry's doing it. Someone help me understand. Someone help help me understand why Joe Barry's defense gets better every week, even though he loses good players every week. He still doesn't have Jair. His secondary is gone. He lost Rasul Douglas. He ha- doesn't have Jair. He has never had Stokes. His safety group was bad to begin the season and got worse without Darnell Savage. Although he's back. I don't know how he's doing it. It's that defensive front. It's the linebacking core. Quay Walker had 13 tackles last night. Oh, my God. I, I, I heard the, an announcer point that out at the end of the game. He didn't have 13. Shut up. And I went and looked at the bye. Yeah, he's got 13 tackles. And not all of them were tackles for loss. Not all of them were. But he's just out there eating everybody and everything. So that defense deserves credit. Keyshawn Nixon. I think this is my stance on Keyshawn. Keyshawn Nixon has some of the best instincts of any football player that I've I've ever watched, but he is in a body that's a little undersized and he doesn't quite have the physical gifts. But I've said for a couple of weeks, like Keyshawn Nixon plays above his, he punches above his weight. He acquits himself really well for being a little bit smaller and not being the most physically gifted. If you put his instincts and you put his his football savvy into a bigger, I mean, that's one of the best football players I've ever seen. The way he read that, and I know I'm being hyperbolic, but I, well, I, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. It sounds like it, but I, the way he tracked that ball out of Mahomes' hand, that's the game. That is the game. He went out and made a play where a play really wasn't there to be made. It's not like he scooped up a fumble. He didn't, he didn't catch a ball that was tipped. He read the play and beat the wide receiver to the spot. His instincts are so good. And, and those are the types of guys in the secondary Joe Barry's getting it done with seventh round picks and undrafted guys and special teamers, but they they are seemingly being coached with good football instincts and they're getting by with that. And that's a, that's a huge compliment to Joe Barry and the job that he's doing. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, Dan. Dan? Dan. Yes. Yes. I, uh, last time I listen to your show every, every night, but uh, last time I called, uh, the Packers weren't doing so well. And you're not going to remember this, but I talked about swagger mm-hmm. with uh, Jordan Love. And I said, if he can develop that, then we have a quarterback. And I, what I've watched in the last three weeks is that swagger. In other words, what I'm trying to explain is he's he comes up to the line. He's looking at the play clock clocking down. He's looking at his progressions. He's not wide-eyed. He drops back. He doesn't have happy feet. He just does his job. And if he can continue to do that, we got a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at Mac Jones for the Patriots. 
Kells, young for uh, the Panthers. Mm-hmm. These guys are talented, but you watch them and they look like a deer in the headlights. They're they're panicking. Well, and, I mean, and, and part, at, part of that, um, Dan, is I, I feel like the team really, they're not supporting. Like, Mac Jones isn't getting the support, and Bryce Young isn't getting the yeah. support. But also, you know, Jordan Love, they went 40-plus days without winning a game. They could have let go of the rope. It would have been easy for them to kind of start to lose their minds, and they didn't. They didn't. They came out the other yeah. side a better team. Exactly, exactly. And But they force it. I mean, if you watch the Eagles game, right, there was points where um, Hurts, had like 10 seconds. He's running around. What does he do? Throws it out of bounds. You know? Yeah. He's like, there's nobody open. That's not my job. That's a receiver's coach. You know, the, teach him to come back to me something, but there's nobody. I'm not going to throw a pick. I'm not going to do it. That's swagger. It's like you understand the game. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my job. You have to do yours. And that is what I've seen from Love. He's doing his job. He's doing his job. He is, uh, and, and I think Jordan Love is maybe showing us, Dan, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to be a quarterback in this league. If you have wide receivers that you trust and have any sort of ability and a play caller that that can scheme anything up, like a lot of the job is sitting back there and hitting the easy ones. You got to be, you got to be able yeah. to make the easy throws, right? And, and mix in a hard throw. Sure. But not every play needs to be a, 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 a reinvent the wheel type situation. Right. It, it's like going back when you're a kid playing in the playground, mm. this is a kid's game. Yeah. I'm going to play, yeah. you know, and I trust myself and I trust my arm. I'm a good athlete. I'm going to do it. But I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to get crazy, you know. Yeah, I like that. Well, Dan, I appreciate you. If 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 we get a month or two down the road and something has changed again with this team, you'll have to call and and check in again. I like this. A little progress. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell you he's going to keep his swagger. I'm not going to tell you that. We don't know. But let's see. Oh, and they play the Giants. Are you going to play to that team? Yeah. Are you going to, or are you going to play it like? You did yesterday. Yeah. Well, and, gonna, and, I, you know. and I guess the Packers advantage, and Dan, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you. Have an awesome night, okay? Yeah. Thanks for the call. I guess the Packers advantage against the Giants is it is Monday Night Football, right? So, yeah, it's Monday Night Football. So, Dan, what I was originally going to say is, well, the Giants, MetLife, it's a crummy team, not going to be that much juice in the building. You're not going up against a divisional rival on Thanksgiving. You're not playing the defending champs. You know, how can you deal how does a young team deal now with kind of just like a nine to five game you're punching a time clock there's nothing overly sexy about this one but it's on monday night football so they even have that going for them so if they need a little extra motivation a little extra juice some energy a game's nationally televised so they have that um and hopefully they can continue to to keep that swagger keep that energy like you said dan all right we'll keep taking calls keep reacting to this game i have some numbers and some different things i can throw you at as well uh there's still some players that i think deserve shout outs like, I think we got to talk Tucker Craft. I think we got to talk about AJ Dillon. There's a lot still to get to. We're running out of time, unfortunately. Only 40 minutes left. So let's take a break. We'll get back into it next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for calling. So many great calls. Lots of good reaction about the Packers win last night. I think what we'll do tomorrow, we'll have Mike Clemens on the show and we'll keep talking Packers, but tomorrow I'll carve out a little time to talk about Wisconsin Marquette, to talk about some Brewers news because there's a a ton. If we had a four-hour show today, I could spend a full hour talking about Wisconsin Marquette. I could spend a half hour, 45 minutes talking about what's going on with the Brewers. Jackson Churio's extension was made official. Wade Miley's, but I think the Wade Miley, man, I love that guy. I... (laughs) Talk about goosebumps. You know, Tony had goosebumps last night watching. I had goosebumps right now thinking about Wade Miley wearing that Brewers blue another year, pitching at American Family Field another year. I think it's awesome. Uh, but that'll probably be a tomorrow thing. Like, remember a couple weeks ago when Craig Council went to the Cubs and we're all like, what, what the actual hell? And we spent two hours talking about it, even though the Packers had won the previous day. And then, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got to talk about the Packers. I think that's how this week is, is probably going to go. We'll talk about some of the other stories. Maybe college football. College basketball, Wisconsin Marquette again, and, and maybe some of the Brewers stories. 608-321-1670. You know, Tony and I were giving shout-outs to this guy, that guy, the other guy, Joe Barry, Keyshawn Nixon. I thought in the first half, Tucker Craft was everywhere. Is it the only one? Am I the only one who saw that? Maybe, maybe I was watching, and maybe I was biased. Maybe I was looking for it. But, you know, Luke Musgrave has been hurt. Josiah DeGuar has been out. And Tucker Craft... I know he caught a touchdown against Detroit, but the first half yesterday, he's chopping wood everywhere out there. He's laying blocks. He's getting yards after the cat. Like, he looks awesome. Look like they have a player there. So, you know, we thought after this draft, and I remember talking about Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Dontavian Wicks, uh, maybe Grant DuBose was part of that conversation, I suppose, as well. And I said, look, if you can get two guys out of there, Two, two guys, that's a massive win. Now you add those two guys to Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. It's like Carl Weathers and Arrested Development. We got a, we got a stew going. You know, there's something there. They might have hit on all of these guys. Wicks looks great as he gets more opportunity. Tucker Kraft now, as he's handling kind of the tight end one duties, he looks like a really nice, well-rounded player who has some pass-catching ability and some running-with-the-ball ability. He looks awesome. And I remember coming into this year, one of the things I kept talking about, I was like, I don't know how many games we're going to win. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how good Jordan Love is going to be. But one thing that I am psyched about this year is watching a brand new group of skill position players. The Packers haven't done this probably since the beginning of the Aaron Rodgers era, where they said we are starting over. Out with the old, in with the new, we're building it back up from the ground up. It's really the first time in this era of Packers football, all right, I should say it's a different era of Packers football. A new era has started. We're starting over, and I was so excited to watch these guys. And it took some time, took a lot of time. They had a lot of mistake-making to do and learning from those mistakes. But it's really starting to come through the other side now. Malik Heath even looks awesome. These are well-coached pass catchers. And I think Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit for that, and we'll talk about that. But first, I want to take some more phone calls. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, is this, uh, this is John Boy in Genoa. In Genoa. <laughs> I don't think we have hey, a regular hey, Genoa caller. This rules. I might be your Huckleberry then. Hell yeah. I, I got to say, it was uh, a little awkward walking around the office today. I was wearing my vintage 96 Super Bowl championship shirt and just sporting a massive tent with excitement. <laughs> Had to try to convince everyone that it was actually the seat of the pants. Got to take them back to the pants store. But. The pants. Wow, what a game. 
Well, I was going to ask you, why was it awkward? You work with a bunch of Vikings fans right on the river, and then, oh, okay, so that's that's yeah, why yeah, it's that, awkward. That explains it, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I attribute a lot of it. I mean, you look at the O-line play throughout the season. When we were low, they were playing not that well, and now they're kind of coming together, giving Jordan a little bit more comfort back there. And I, I don't know, I think that they are a lot of the reason why we are improved a lot. You know what's funny? And I almost tweeted this earlier today, John Boy, but I stopped myself because I'm like, mm, this is a little, this doesn't need to be said, but this is a better, this is a better format. The Jets have an O-line that's so bad, they got Aaron Rodgers hurt after four plays, right? The Packers have an offensive line that's so good, they can rotate their left tackle and their right guard in and out against the defending champs, and you don't even really notice. How wild is that? We have too many good players, I guess. I guess. Gotta get them all time. I guess. I don't know. Sean Ryan took some lumps last night against Chris Jones, but they're, they're or- this is a well-coached team. Damn it. And two months ago, you know, we wanted to run. I shouldn't say that. A lot of folks were very frustrated and were okay with the idea of moving off this coaching staff. Joe Barry has got these guys playing. Matt LaFleur has pulled. He pulled these guys out of the depths. They, they went 40, 40 straight days without winning a game. And he pulled these guys through to the other side. And now Adam Stenovich has got them linemen playing too. I mean, it's, it's a well-coached team, John boy. Yeah. Hard to look good against Chris Jones, but yeah, they, they true. did pretty well. True. Very true. That's fair. Anything else you want to get off your chest? What's the Packers vibe like down in Genoa? We don't hear a lot of the Packers culture. Oh, there. it's good. It's good. Uh, Rudy's, they were, uh, they were alive and well. Uh, local establishment down there. Um, always a good place to check it out. But, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, just a great weekend for Wisconsin sports. The only place in Genoa I've been to is the bait store. Not Very nice bait store. The lady there when I was there was very helpful. We were fishing, ice fishing below the dam. Uh, and oh, oh yeah. my God, it was windy. I'm surprised we all didn't blow away. We were such idiots for going out there. I almost froze to death. I caught one sauger. It was like the size of my palm. And for what? I spent, you know, 15 bucks on bait, 15 bucks on propane, all, all, all the money on snacks. Lord knows you're never full. You're always hungry when you're ice fishing. doesn't matter how much food you bring. And I caught Risking one fish. your life walking across the channel too. Yeah, yeah. And for what, John Boy? Oh my God. Well, it yeah, is what it is. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk your ear off. Uh, I appreciate that, uh, John Boy, down in Genoa on the Great River Road. And if you've never driven from Lacrosse to Prairie du Chien on the Great River Road, then well, you haven't experienced uh, Wisconsin in all of its beauty. I saw Caucasian James. What did he tweet last night at Taylor Swift? God, that tweet was funny. He tweeted a picture of himself in a cowboy hat in front of a cornfield and said, "You can visit Wisconsin." but you'll never know what it's like to develop a relationship with its soil at Taylor Swift, which is how I feel. You can visit Wisconsin. You can live in Wisconsin, but until you drive the great river road from lacrosse to Prairie du Chien, uh, you don't really, you don't really know. You don't really know. John boy knows he knows. And he's walked across that treacherous ice to fish below the dam in Genoa. Uh, like I would say with most ice fishing, it's probably not worth it. However much fun you think you're going to have. And however many fish you think you're going to catch, you're not. You're not, no one's ever, well, when was the last time you actually went out and set up your shack and drilled into a school of perch and piled up on the ice? It's been years. And and I'm like an average to slightly above average outdoorsman. No, I'm ready at this point in my life to wave the white flag on, on ice fishing. I think it's a lost cause. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Ed McGuanago. Ed in McGuanago. Ed, have you ever driven the Great River Road from La Crosse to Prairie du Chien? No, I don't get up that way too much. But 
No, that's yeah. fine. That's that fine. Was in, uh, we, yeah, we went camping up there in, in around that area a couple of times. My sister actually went to college up across. Oh, yeah, she would know. Then she would know. Well, you didn't call to talk about ice fishing. I'm sure you called to talk about the Packers. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm going to get on the ice, though, this year. I'm going to try it, but uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, I think, like, um, man, all the shout-outs have already been covered, and I did miss the first half of the show, so shame on me. But um, Anders Carlson, man, that dude, that dude showed some stones. Like, that was a high-pressure kick, you know, and they all kind of were, yeah. especially that last one. Well, especially awesome. at home, he's been so he's been missing him. extra points. So even when he when it's six to nothing yeah. and he goes out there to kick the extra point, he knows that we're all watching. You know. Yeah, and that's, I felt really good for him. You know, I, that was glad for him. But yeah, um, my shout out is to AJ Dillon for the whole game, but especially on that first drive because I think that set the tone, man. Yeah, he was he was just everything we needed him to be on that drive, and we wouldn't have scored a touchdown. We didn't done anything on that drive without him. Well, and um, he picked them up a couple of extra first downs. You know, Ed, and I don't want to sound like the old man here, so stop me if 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 I'm going too far. I felt like they could have ran the ball more in the fourth quarter. They were getting yardage with A.J. Dillon. And, you know, a lot of these plays dropping love back, and he was getting pressured. And I, every time they gave the ball to A.J. Dillon, good things happened in the fourth quarter. I feel like they could have used him even more. I think there was some truth to what the commentators were saying there a couple of times where we wanted to, but we backed ourselves up with an offsides or a stupid penalty. Yes, like yes. we got a few, we got a few penalties late in the game there, and I was kind of man. And that I think to your to your point, it did kind of throw off that that balance a little bit. But it looked really good before that that the run balance com- compared to the throw. He hit nine different receivers. Yep. Ben Sims. Uh, I mean, it was Ben Sims. Like what? The Ben Sims <laughs> game, great. Ed. We watched the Ben Sims game last night. Heck yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Man, it. Man, I was, I've just been, the last few weeks have been just so much fun. I, I'm loving it. So keep the train rolling, baby. I appreciate you, Ed. Thanks for the call. And it's okay that you've never driven. The Great River Road is just something to put on your list. That's all. One more call, and then we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is David. David, what's going on, David? Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, first-time caller. Listen to you all the time. I love that. I appreciate um, that. Thanks. I'm from, I was watching the game last night, and I'm trying to justify how the refs could not call a pass interference call <laughs> on MBS late in the game. Thinking about that, I mean, we all saw it. Everybody in the fans saw it. Everybody in the nation saw it. When I first saw it, I said to my wife, that's pass interference. They're going to get the ball down there and whatever it was, the 15-yard mm-hmm. line or whatever. But the refs saw something else. And, and how is the rule interpreted when the ball's in the air doesn't the defender have every right to go after the ball? And as long as he's making a play on the ball, trying to catch the ball, can he run over or run down the back of the receiver like that? As long as he's trying to make a play on the ball and not blatantly trying to push the offensive receiver out of the way, I think he has every right to go after the ball, even if he bumps into the offensive receiver. Uh, How how does one interpret that? So, okay, so I actually... So, David, I think it was P.I., and yes, you have a right to go get the ball. You just can't go through the the wide receiver. I do think, David, and, th- and this is a conversation that, you know, announcers, they, they never talk about this, and I'm, I'm not sure this is quantifiable by a rule, but, but one thing that I always think about when I see P.I., did you get interfered with? 
or did you just get out or did the guy just baby you? You know what I mean? Did the guy just go up to the ball and beat you so bad that it looked like he yeah. ran through? You know what I mean? And it's sometimes it's the same with holding. It's like, were you held or did the offensive lineman baby you so bad that it looks like it has to be a penalty? You know what I mean? And that's and that's how I felt about Travis Kelsey at the end. Travis Kelsey wasn't interfered with, right. at least in the context of a Hail Mary. He got babied. He played small. Yeah on that play yeah, plus soft on that play. yeah and, and these refs probably aren't going to do mbs any favors after what he did at the end of the the chiefs game against the eagles right. they're like yeah you're well, not going to catch it anyways to, i was just trying to justify how can the ref not call that we all thought the refs had to see it so what did they see in their mind and their eyes that justified them not throwing the towel on the field i don't know and i i think they had to think that he was just trying to make a play to catch the ball and the receiver happened to be in the way, and the receiver should have fought him off and caught the ball, too. How can you justify anything else but that? I, I don't know, and I, I think a lot of these receivers, now they're just looking to draw pass interference, where the best way to draw right. pass interference is to make your best possible effort to go get the ball. It, like You need to mm-hmm. go all out for the ball, and then if you're interfered with, I think you're more liable to get the call, whereas nowadays guys will just kind of fall over, and, and maybe refs, it's like in basketball. Refs don't like being taken advantage of. They don't like being played. You know what I mean, David? Right. Well, in the end, it was a hell of a game. Uh, loved it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was just it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, I appreciate you. Hey, call again sometime. Let's make this a regular thing, David. I will, maybe. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, have a good night. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Couple of tweets here before we take a break. Uh, Pat chiming in about ice fishing. It always sounds like the most fun idea in the world until you're out there, and it's like, man, we could be inside right now. I, <laughs> I also also I don't have a four wheeler or a snowmobile so I as far as I'm going out on the ice I'm walking and I feel like that that really uh, waters down the experience. Jeremy and Scotty says he got away with a PI but that was the only time Mahomes even tried Valentine. Goody knew what he had when he moved Rasul who couldn't play man as good as he is otherwise. Interesting. I always thought they moved Rasul with the idea like well we'll figure it out we're not a good team anyways but maybe there was some thought to to Valentine actually being a pretty good player. Pure Steel Podcast is what are your thoughts on the return of CM Punk in WWE? Let's really get off topic here. Um, no, I don't have the, the harshest WWE opinions or wrestling takes. I just prefer my wrestlers to be known for their work in the ring and not the theatrics at the press conference or some dumb speech with the mic. And I look, I love the theatrics of CM Punk. I think it's very entertaining and that's a big part of wrestling. But you also need to back it up with an occasional good match. And like, what's CM? What's CM? But what's the best CM Punk match of his career? Like versus Cena, the Money in the Bank match. Uh-uh. How long? How how long is CM Punk gonna gonna coast off of some of those early matches that he's known for? Like the Undertaker in what was that WrestleMania? And it could have been that much longer. Twenty like the early twenty ten, like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. He's still living off those matches. So I I prefer my wrestlers to be known for their work in the ring, not on the mic, not at the press conference. That's I guess if that makes me a hater, I guess I'm a hater of CM Punk. But a lot of talk, not a lot of wrestling, not a lot of action. I guess that if you genuinely wanted to know my CM Punk take, that would be my CM Punk take. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll keep talking Packers next, Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. 
My name is Grant Bills. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can call and text the show, 608-321-1670. A little WWE talk, a little ice fishing talk. You know, you got to get those things in. <laughs> you, you can't talk about the Packers beating the defending world champs for a full two hours. Come on. I was talking with David and Ed McGuanago. We're just kind of trying to cover all of our bases here. There's so many players and so many coaches that deserve credit for yesterday's win. And I like we're talking a little bit about Keyshawn Nixon. And I remember that Mike Clemens sent me this cut. I was saying how Keyshawn Nixon has to have some of the best instincts of any player. And I think he's undersized and he's not as physically gifted as, as a lot of players, but his instincts are so good. Here he is talking about that interception and what he saw and, and well, how he went about intercepting it. Yeah, I had to. It's been a minute. I've been trying to get one this whole year. It should have been my third one, but we'll take the first one. So that was not exactly the cut that I thought it would be. That was him uh, talking about being excited to get his first career interception. I was hoping to play the cut of him uh, describing how that interception came to be, uh, which I will stall while I speak trying to find that cut, and I am struggling to find that cut. So instead, we're going to take a call while I continue to look. (laughs) Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, it's Uncle Packer. Uncle Packer. Now, wow. did you and the other Mike in Eau Claire carpool to the game? You, you weren't there, were you? No, no, I didn't go to this one. I was at the San Diego game, and That's I right. should have went to this one. But, man, I tell you something. I am so happy with my little nephews out there playing football. They don't know <laughs> they're not supposed to be good. They're just, they're amazing, huh? They're yeah. finer than Matt LaFleur's eyebrows. They're pretty damn good. Do, no, I, I saw people making fun of Malifleur's haircut on Twitter. I thought it looked fine. Did it look weird and I'm the only one who didn't notice? No, I think he's just a handsome young man who works hard and has appearance. He's nothing wrong with us. He's a good guy. I like him as a coach. He looks like he wise a little bit, but, you know, he's our coach, and I'm behind him. Uh, he keeps he coaching last night. He, Mike, he was he was mixing in motions, and this guy over here, and that guy over here. We're going to go to Ben Sims. We're going to go to Tucker Craft. We're going to go to Wicks. Everyone was getting involved. I mean, he he was like a conductor of an orchestra, and every musician oh. had their chance to shine, and he just, he had that whole offense on a string for four quarters. Oh. What now? How about the Ben Sims game? That was amazing. <laughs> this guy's picked up off the scrap heap. He looks good. Yeah, I just, I, the funny thing is, is, you know, again, sometimes football isn't that hard, Mike. Like sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be. Like Jordan Love, just sit back there, read the teleprompter, make the throws. And, you know, Josiah DeGuara, they're trying to, like, you're going to be a tight end, H-back, fullback. Well, what do they do this week? They call up Henry Pearson to actually play fullback, and they have Ben Simmons, or Ben Sims, actually playing tight end. It's like, we don't need to overcomplicate this. Yeah, just make it simple. Those guys, it was good. You know, just think. A month ago, or less than a month ago, we were talking about uh, maybe taking a couple, getting a higher draft pick. And now we're right in the mix, right back in the mix. And we've got, you never know, there's no NFL game that's easy. There's nothing easy. None of these teams you could take lightly. Anybody could beat anybody on any given day. But if, if we play serious and we do like they say, one week at a time, it, the future's kind of bright. I don't know how far we'll go in the playoffs, but just think there's so many teams that haven't been to the playoffs since 1982 and stuff like that. I mean, we're just, we're just lucky here. I'm such a, I love the Packers. This is awesome. This is just great. This is a, this is a fun couple of weeks. I, I can't believe yeah, a team that went and I went back and I did the math. They went 42 days without a win. They were two and five and they looked to be as down bad of a team as there was in football. And they just beat the chargers, the lions and the chiefs three games in a row. 
I know where did we get all these little these young receivers, number 18, number 13, and then we got good tight ends. The draft was really good. This was a good draft. This was a yeah. this was an excellent draft so far today. And I'm Lucas Van Ness sacked Patrick Mahomes last night. We had a Lucas Van Ness sighting. I know, and Jeez, he, he frustrated him a couple times too. He's a beast. I'm I, I, I'm liking this draft. Well, I, I hope as as the end of the season gets closer and we get closer and closer, you know, through these last five games, I hope uh, Van Ness just plays a little bit more. Every, you know, take a couple more snaps from Preston Smith, a couple more snaps from Manic Barry. Like, I want to see him come on in the final month of the year. Yeah, yeah. Another sack. Yeah, I mean, if you would sack out the rest of the game, get a sack. And that was a nice sack. He's he's relentless. He's coming hard every time. Yeah. And that, you know, I, and uh, he's only going to get better. Yes. You know, and, yeah, anybody they call Hercules. Um, I'm The other thing I'm thinking about is if, when is um, our tight end? Is he out? He's on IR, but is he out for four games? Yes. Yeah, so that was his uh, his second game that he missed. So he would be eligible to return if they wanted to bring him back. They could later on in the year. I, I just don't. I mean, lacerated kidney. You tell me. You you were in the military. Do you know anything about like yeah, what does that do to a man? Kidney can be bad, but they can put a shield off the top or back. You know, they can make sure he doesn't get more injured. I don't think once it starts to, to heal up, did he fall on a ball? Funny as that would happen. I don't, I don't know. Because, uh, I don't know. He. I, yeah, I don't know if you heard yeah. this, Mike, but he um he said of his injury and how he like he stayed in the game and came to practice the next day he said i don't lie down on a football field if i'm able to stand up and walk i stand up i do not lie down on a football field and i go there's a football guy lacerated his kidney yeah, said no i'm not laying down on this football field it's disrespectful i'm gonna get my ass up and walk to the sideline i bet you he probably he probably urinated a little blood yeah well, i mean bad. pissing a little blood that's not gonna kill you just a little blood <laughs> yeah just a little blood he uh He's tough, though. And you know what? If he comes back, and what do you think about uh, number nine, uh, Watkins? Is he going to be down for a while? Man, I hope he's not down for a while. I He he got hurt. Which game was it? I, I brought this up to Bill earlier. There, it was a couple weeks ago where Watson, he got hurt at the end. It looked like he was done for the year. It was so ugly. Maybe it was the Denver game. And then he was fine. He played the next week. So I, I guess oh. he, he got an MRI today. We'll learn more before too long, but I'm I'm staying hopeful that it was just a, a real he's bad true. whatever in the moment, and he ends you know, up being okay. He's a thoroughbred. He's a thoroughbred. He's taking the top off the defense, and I think him being out there, that's one thing with him being there. It's given the running game a little bit more because the safeties can't let him get behind him, and I think that's why our running game has gotten better. And if we get, I'm so happy with with uh, 28, I'm bad with names. I'm so happy Dillon. with A.J. Yeah. Dillon. It's a great, it's a great, that was a great game. He played, every time he touched the ball, it was positive yards, it was hard nose. Uh, it, that's the way it's been the last couple of weeks. He, I think he's kind of got to get into the midseason, and I think the more you use him, the better he gets. It's, you know, it's, really, uh, it's funny because, like, I, it, the eye test is is so much like I think we learn a lot about football players and football teams and games by just watching it on our TV. By, honestly, by just watching it on our TV. And Mike, you've watched football forever, so I'm sure you you think about right. this as well. The idea, if I close my eyes and I picture AJ Dillon in Atlanta in Week Two running around, I'm like, ew, no, that that doesn't work. But picturing him running in the cold under the lights at Lambeau last night against the Chiefs. I'm like, oh, that that man was born to play in that football game. And it's so yeah. against analytics, and there's no numbers to back that up, but it, it just works in Lambeau later in the year in a way that it doesn't in domes or, or in September. And I, I don't understand. I can't explain it, but that's how it. Uh, that's how I see it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's the cool weather. It's the catching passes in the flat. Do whatever it takes. He does whatever it takes to get us some yardage. I like that about him. I'm going to be happy when we get Aaron Jones back. And it's just going to be it, – it, the future is so bright. I'm sitting here at night wearing shades as a Packer fan. I love it. Like, I'm loving it. Like Corey Hart. All right, I'll, I'll stop talking you. You're off. You, you go have a good night. I've kept you too long, you're Mike. Good man, Greg. Have a good night. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Packer. Mike in Eau Claire. A.J. Dillon had a comment. What was it? I'm going to try to find it. This is bad on-air producing. But he, he had a comment last night to the media at his locker where he's like, I want to make myself available as a check down. And Jordan Love hit him once or twice. Jordan Love is hitting a couple of check downs um, where, like, earlier on in the year, he would try to force something down the field, or he'd try to run, or he'd take a sack, or he'd throw the ball away. And there have been a couple plays the last few weeks where he's like, oh, I'll check it down to A.J. Dillon. And then A.J. Dillon makes a guy miss, and he gets seven yards. And what would have been a second and ten is now a second and three, or a first and ten. Just because Jordan Love found the check down and, and let his guy go make a play for him. Uh, and, and again, I, I know A.J. Dillon made a comment about this. Here's a comment on, on him getting back to his style of running. Maybe this addresses what I'm talking about. Maybe not. But either way, it, I, I think it plays to what we're talking about. Because you watch A.J. Dillon in the cold under the lights on the grass at Lambeau. It's like, oh, my God, that's, that's it. That's, there it is. That's the, the yes. Yes. But then I close my eyes and I picture him as the number one back against Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Dome or whatever they have, and it's like, ugh, no, gross. Like, I'd rather they just leave him in Green Bay. He can only play at Lambeau. He can only play outside late in the year. That's the only the only way that it makes sense. Yeah, I think it's a good Here's Here's A.J. Dillon, by the way, getting back to his style of running. Yeah, I think it's a good start. Definitely a good start. Still stuff to, to build on. Uh, still some plays I want to get better and uh, get back, but, um, you know, happy we got to win. I give A.J. Dillon a lot of credit. Because, you know, I complained about him a lot earlier this year. And, and part of it is that the Packers drafted him in the second round. You know, they, they took a change of pace back in the second round. He can be really effective, but he's a change of pace back. And the way I, I said this to Bill earlier today, like, A.J. Dillon is a tool. He's a specific tool. You saw how the Packers used him late in the game to wind the clock, and, and they attacked that Chiefs defense. They're banging guys up. Guys are getting hurt trying to tackle him. A.J. Dillon is a tool. He's a specific tool. A.J. Dillon is like a Jeep. Right, he's a jeep with uh, with doors that you can take off, a cover that you can detach. You, you got a winch on the front, you got a trailer hitch on the back. You know, it, it's a tool, but you probably don't want to drive that to work on the interstate every day. So you have a you know Chevy Cruze, whatever. A- a- Aaron Jones is a Chevy Cruze, and AJ Dillon is the jeep, and he's a very good jeep. But the jeep can't be your only car, and right now AJ Dillon is the only car really in the garage. I know they have Patrick Taylor and. You know, James Robinson played a little bit last night, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of juice there. It's almost like he was a free agent for a reason. Interesting. By the way, here's Keyshawn Nixon talking about his interception, what he saw, and, and how it came to be. I kept your feet in bounds this time? Yeah, I had to. It's been a minute. I've been trying to get one this whole year. It should have been my third one, but we'll take the first one. What would you see on that play? Uh, he checked. Uh, we were watching mannerism tape earlier in the week, and uh, he tapped his knee, and they put two off the ball i'm like oh i've seen it before i knew he was gonna run it and he ran it that's what i'm talking about instincts uh recognition skills he's just a really natural football player you know he could be a hall of famer you know but he's he's just got instincts he's got visions which is why oh he's a great kick returner he's playing corner he's playing safety he's doing a little bit of everything and he's acquitting himself rather nicely which is an, an expression that i keep using these last two weeks i gotta stop i gotta to find a different phrase to use. All right, we'll take our final three-minute break. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Monday Night Football tonight. Jake Browning versus the Jags. It's in Jacksonville, which would be kind of cool. There's never Monday Night Football games in Jacksonville, so probably worth a watch for that reason alone. I said that A.J. Dillon is like a Jeep. He's utilitarian. He's masculine, right? It's like the way that they describe the male body in Seinfeld. The male body is like a Jeep, right? A.J. Dillon is a Jeep, and he's a great Jeep. But I don't know that you want to take the topless or soft top or doorless, you know, Jeep to work. I don't even want to commute with that every day. Blake tweeted at me and said, uh, yeah, I drive a, drive a Jeep to work every day. There's different types of Jeeps, right? Blake, are, are you a, a Jeep Wrangler man? Are you a Grand Cherokee man? Depends on the Jeep, right? If the doors and the top come on, it be a little noisy out on the interstate. But Blake, you might be the kind of guy that's okay with that because you love your Jeep. You're a Jeep enthusiast. I didn't mean to take a dump all over Jeep culture. I know Jeep people have a they have a certain way about them. So I'll walk back my Jeep comments. But still, they, they need their commuter car back. They need a they need a, a feature back who's got some explosiveness. Tomorrow, Mike Clemens. Brewers signed Wade Miley again. That rules. Wisconsin beat Marquette. We'll talk about it all. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. When I win.